We have been talking about doors. If you guys were here last week, uh, let me just read the scripture. It says in John chapter 10, verse 9, I am the door. Let's stop just a second. Who is I? Jesus. I am the door. Everyone, everybody say everyone, who comes in through me, say through me, will be saved. Not everybody's going to be saved. Do you hear that? No, not everybody. Nope. There's, there's some rules here. Do y'all see it? Everyone who comes in, first of all, we've got to come in, and we've got to come in through Jesus. Those will be saved. All right. This is the most important door of your life. A lot of doors we go through, but this is the door to everything you need. Jesus says, I am the door. Your success, your happiness in your life will largely be determined by the doors you walk through and the doors you pass up. The problem is, so many times we walk in the wrong doors and we pass up the right doors. Anybody ever done that? Anybody ever gone in the, if you're a man, have you ever gone in the women's bathroom? I hope by mistake. I've done it. I once was at a restaurant in Colorado and Reba McIntyre came out of the men's restroom. <laughs> Didn't realize she was in the wrong one. There she was. Cool. Uh, and she wasn't drunk. The rest of her group was drunk, but she wasn't. Doors. Couple things though that the Lord does. How do we get in, how do we get in the right door? How do we get how do we mess miss the wrong door? How do we get back on track? Because I can tell you when we take the wrong door, we miss the right door. It can take days, weeks, months, years to overcome it. Anybody here still paying the price for some mistakes that you've made? Jesus says, "I am the door." And I've got a wire problem. I, we've we've had tr- struggles this morning. Uh, with sound and with stuff, and uh, Ruth Ann was at Project Graduation last night until 5 a.m. this morning, and I'm like, are you sure you want to get up and sing? She's like, yeah, I want to sing those two songs. Then she comes in, and I mean, she's a zombie up here, just, (laughs) and her mic's not working right, and she can't hear, and Joseph can't hear, and you know, we just have these challenges, but, and then God starts moving in worship, and something's going on over here. I mean, it's getting loud, and I'm like, Oh, yeah, here we go. God, God's not messed up by stuff messing up. Stuff's going to mess up. But Jesus says, when stuff messes up, I'm the door. Take my door. Don't miss my door. So how do we get back on track? And last week, we just touched on, um, I want you to know that, that God will shake your world literally shake your world. We saw a scripture last week um, where Paul and some of the disciples were in jail and literally an earthquake came. The doors flew open and the chains fell off. Literal chains. I want you to know that when you go through the right door, whatever may be hindering you can be broken. Whether it's physical, spiritual, mental, emotional. There is not any shoal that God can't overcome. Did anybody get that? <laughs> that was mine. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get that one from somebody else. And sure enough, I, I say one of my things, it's like, shoal. Yeah. But these things 
my emotions, my physicality, whatever, if I'm literally in trouble, if I'm mentally in trouble, if I'm emotionally in trouble, if I'm socially in trouble, God can give me breakthrough. My doors can go flying open. My chains can fall off. So, second thing is that he plugs you into the power of the resurrection. I want you to listen to me now. Today's going to get real if you will listen. He plugs you into the power of the resurrection. When Jesus Christ rose from the grave 2,000 years ago, here's the key. You know that power that raised Christ from the dead? It's available to you on a daily basis. Maybe you'd say, are you kidding me? No. Look at Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19. Paul says, I pray that you will understand how incredibly great God's power is to help those who believe in him. So I want to say to you, I pray that you will understand how incredibly great God's power is to help those who believe in him. It's the same power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. So a lot happened with the death of Christ. One thing is the dead arose. Death couldn't hold it. The power of death could not hold back God's power. God's power was stronger than death. Even the death that Satan tried to do, he could overcome that. But not only did God just raise him from the dead, we think of that power, but he broke the power of sin for all eternity, for everyone. That power that wants to hold you down, I want you to know what you're waiting for has been done. The breakthrough you're waiting for is done. You just have to walk in it. Walk through it. Walk through what? The door. The door that Jesus has provided for us. As long as we come in through Jesus Christ, we will be saved. And I don't think that's salvation. I think it, it, I think it includes salvation. But once I'm saved, I, I don't want to get into this theology today. I'm saved. Now, I get bound up in other stuff. Telling you, I can get bound up in the five minutes I'm here. So, Justin and I worked all week trying to put lights up that didn't want to go where we wanted to put them. So, we had to backtrack. We had to borrow a lift. We had to do all this stuff. Had to reorder stuff. Had to wait on the stuff to come in. Had to ask the gentleman that was letting us borrow their lift. Uh, we got to wait. Couldn't get, couldn't get it done. Got all our stuff in hung these two lights that are in a place that we didn't even really want them to be, these two that are black that are hanging down. Got them working. They're really cool. They're really not what we wanted them to be, but we're just making them work for now. We get going and worship. Everything's great. I get down on the floor, watch his video announcement, and I'm like, doggone it. Can you put up another screen? Can you put up my Google Classroom screen? Can you see the white on the bottom? You see how it's off the screen? That's because of the weight of those lights threw the balance off. Thank you, Jesus. So now 
we've got to go back up and adjust the projectors. That doesn't sound like a big deal, but those things don't want to move. And me and Justin are pretty weak-legged when we get up there. We also now have to get to the ceiling and pull a wire to make it work where we want it to work. The last time I was that high, I literally got on my knees and just held on (laughs) and told the guy with me, get me back down. The next day, I was able to get back up there and do the work. Can Can I encourage you? The same power that raised Christ from the dead is being offered to you. Can you go back to the screen that we're on, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20? And I want you to know that the resurrection power is available to you to break you out of prison. Say me. To Say to break me out of prison. Say that again. To break me out of prison. This isn't a general statement. This is for you. I do these things. I do these repetitive things to try to get you to connect. It's not because I like to hear you say it, which I kind of (laughs) do. But I want it to connect to you. We can hear messages and think that was a great message, but it really doesn't apply to me because God never does that kind of stuff for me. No, he did this for you. And the idea of freedom is a big deal to God. God doesn't want you to live imprisoned and enslaved, captive life to anything, to guilt, to resentment, to grief, to anything. He wants you to live a life of freedom. Let me give you a few verses. Luke chapter 4 verse 18 says, The Father has sent me to announce freedom for the prisoners. John chapter 8 verse 31 and verse 32 says, if you live as I tell you to, you are truly my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And then we jump to verse 36, and it says, and if the Son sets you free, you will really be free. You free, church. Hear this word. This is real freedom. It's not fake freedom because we have fake everything. We have fake flavors. We have fake fur. We have fake news. (laughs) This is the real deal. This is real freedom. 2 Corinthians 3.17. You guys know this one. For where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I don't know if you could feel it this morning, but during that song that Pete was singing, the Lord, uh, Here Again is what it's called. It's by Elevation. You guys need to listen to the songs that we're doing through the week and get to know them. Let them sink in so that when you come in here, you're not trying to learn a new song. You're trying to engage in the presence of the Lord because the presence of the Lord was here. And we did it brand new, and you guys started singing it. I'm like, oh, this is, this is it. Not because it's a cool song, which it is, but no, the Lord is in this place. And where the Lord is, there's freedom. That's what was going on down here. I don't know exactly what was happening, but freedom was happening right here. Don't get scared off by people getting free. 
Uh-oh, church is getting weird. No, church is getting free. That's not weird. That's why Jesus died on the cross for us. It's for you to have breakthrough. The more of God in your life, the more free you're going to be. The less uptight you're going to be. The less restrained you're going to be. The less imprisoned you're going to be. The more God in your life, the more free you're going to live the more, and if you're going to be free, because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Look at this scripture. If, if you don't catch anything else, catch this. You have been called to be free. You, can we do this? I have been called to be free. That's my calling. I have been called to be free. God doesn't want you to live a constrained life, but in wide open spaces. He wants you to live to the fullest, and he calls that an abundant life. Before you can get the abundant life, before you can enter into that, you've got to exit some of your stuff. So you may say, what do I need to be free from? I want to give you one today. Remember, Jesus says, I am the door. The door to what? I'm the door to freedom. So number one, freedom of what? Freedom from the prison of pretending. I know this seems pretty elementary. This is so deep, spiritually, emotionally. We spend so much time and money and energy and effort trying to fake it trying to be somebody that we're really not, trying to be uh, somebody, and you're not authentic, you're inauthentic. You're not living the real life. You're always worried about what people, that people might not like the real you. And it's so stressful. When you have to act this way with a group of people, and that way, a different way with another group, and another way with another group of people, you finally start asking yourself, I really don't know who I am. I found myself in staff meetings and I found myself in my business and I found myself with my friends not being me, trying to be somebody else that would make those meetings work socially, emotionally, spiritually. And it literally broke me. I was literally broken and I didn't know how to get out of it. And through my wife and through some some men in my life that just started speaking truth into my life and the Holy Spirit speaking to me, I had to go figure out again who I was. Because I was masking it. I was just trying to, to make things work. And I want you to know this, this was a mental prison that I was in. Some of you have been pretending for so long, you don't even know who the real you is. Who is the real me? I've been pushed into all these conformities that I don't even know who I am. We're pressured and we're in this prison of pretending. And when you wear a mask, it's so exhausting to keep that mask on all the time. Have you ever been with somebody that you've just kind of been general with and then all of a sudden they see really who you are? <laughs> You're like, uh, I wonder if they'll show up the next time. You know, it's... it's um, it's revealing, it's exposing to be you. 
but something that I love. It sounds funny. I love the real you. I don't like the fake you. I I find it um, encouraging to know that people are human. People that aren't human, I don't relate to. People that are human, I relate to. Burton and Cindy. Cindy was just telling me a story about the ball game last night. And even though she was devastated by it, I was just like, oh, I love that. I love that. I wish I was there. I, I know I probably shouldn't have been there. I probably would have been encouraging you rather than. But if you didn't know, their son, Will Putman, is the soccer coach for the high school, and they are going to state. They won their game last night in Columbia. Yeah. Who's the real me? When you wear a mask, trying to look good, feel good, have the goods, man, that's stressful. Trying to act like I've got it all together, that I've got all the money and the joy and everything I need. You're pretending. What causes us to fall into that trap are two things. It's people-pleasing and perfectionism. Both of those. Me. I am a terrible perfectionist in certain things. Somebody just said, yeah, thanks. <laughs> These are the paths of a pretending, prison of pretending, people-pleasing, and perfectionism. Look at this. I love the scripture. I don't know how I've never seen this. This is from the message. The fear of human opinion disables. In other words, when you worry about what other people think, listen, church, you have a disability. We think about disabilities only in one way. When we allow the, the, the fear of human opinion to drive us, to motivate us, to make, cause us the way that we make our decisions, it disables me. But trusting in God protects you from it. Man, that just speaks right to my soul. It speaks right to my spirit. Have you ever just read that one scripture that you're just like, that is truth. And that breaks everything that was in me before. What is people pleasing? Living for the approval of others, always worried, trying to, trying to be what other people want you to be, to meet their expectation, to fulfill their purpose. God loves you, and everybody else has a plan for your life. When we're a people pleaser, even though you know God loves you, but everybody else has that plan for your life that you're walking out. I want you to know you can't please everyone. And can I tell you, not even God can please everyone. If we were to go, if we were to go to that ball game last night of Columbia versus Cookville, I guarantee you half the people are praying for one team, half the people are praying for the other. And one team's gonna win. One team's not gonna get their prayers answered. God cannot please everybody all the time. Not even God. So why do we try to do that? It's exhausting just to please one person is exhausting. So when I'm trying to do something that not even God does, somebody's praying for rain today. Somebody else is praying for sun. 
Only a fool would try to do what God doesn't do. I don't have to please everyone. I don't need everybody's approval to be happy. Some of us have been spending our time trying to earn somebody's approval. And you just can't get it. Can I encourage you? The people that you're trying to get their approval from probably aren't capable of giving it. Have you ever been around somebody that you cannot please them no matter what you do? Well, stop. Please God. Please God in that environment. God will work out the issue. God will change your boss or he'll change you or he'll change the environment or he'll move you or he'll move your boss or whatever else. An earthquake will come and the doors will fly open and the chains will come off. Let God be God. Quit trying to hold the world up in your own shoulders because the person you're trying to get approval from may not even be capable of giving it. Doesn't mean we don't stop, we stop trying to be pleasing in our work. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying the motivation is to please God, to be who you are, and to let God move, move you where you need to be. God can part waters. God can close doors. He can open doors. What's important is that when we start seeking him, doors will open and doors will close. People-pleasing. And you know the problem with that prison, being in the prison of trying to please people, is you're the only one that knows that you're in that prison. No one else knows it. When you're people-pleasing, you're the only one. And you know what's funny? We take this approach of being in prison of people-pleasing as kind of altruistic or, or selflessness. You think you're being selfless. You're just trying to, do, you're trying to serve everyone else, but that's not what's happening at all. Being a servant is good. But being a people-pleaser people is chain-bonding. We, we use this uh, form of, of trying to, to fit in as that we're kind of laying on the, we're, we're falling on the sword or we're, we're serving that other person. No, that's a lie, as Asher would say. That's a lie. <laughs> it's from VBS. You got to be around here to kind of know us to get some of my jokes. But... We've got to change our thinking. We've got to change our approach and not be in the people-pleasing business but, but being the following God business. The fear of human opinion disables, but trusting in God protects you from that. All this morning was about stepping out on the water and overcoming our fear and God, you've made me brave and you know, trusting in God. There's going to be some of these leaps of faith that you're going to have to take as you're trusting in God, but go ahead and take it. You know, Peter stepped out on the water, and he walked on the water. And then he, then he, then he lost vision. And what did God do? What did Jesus do? He saved him. And then he said, why didn't you believe? This is part of our life. Even Jesus, when he was going to the cross, went to the Father and said, hey, can we maybe do it a different way? It's not wrong that we get, get going and start to question. What's wrong is when we stop walking the right way. Jesus didn't stop walking the right way. He kept walking. Trusting in God. So how does people-pleasing disable? 
Well, you can't fulfill God's purpose if you're trying to always please someone else. You miss God's purpose. It stunts your spiritual growth. It stunts your emotional growth. It turns you into a hypocrite, being phony and fake, trying to be different places and different people. It disables you. And then I'm going to close with perfectionism. That's the feeling of always trying to be perfect in everything that we do in in order to be loved. I want you to know none of us are perfect. We're so fake trying to make it, trying to fake it. And then we're so hard on ourselves. And you know what happens when we're perfectionists and we're so hard on ourselves? You know how that computes out of us? We're hard on everybody else. Perfectionists aren't just hard on themselves. They're hard on everybody around them. I can tell you I'm that guy. I had a conversation this morning over, over the stuff that we do, and I'm, I'm so driven and sometimes to try to get things right that love gets removed. Elizabeth and I made homemade pizzas on the green egg, and I, my heart breaks when the pizza can't transfer from where we prepared it to the... To the uh, the grill <laughs> and there is no love in the air at that moment <laughs> and I have to tell everyone around what happens around this green egg stays around this green egg and they were laughing yeah it's fine until it got real I'm like I'm going to put on a, we're going to act fake when we leave here and act like we know how to love each other. But at this moment, no. Let me give you a scripture. We've got to switch to what God thinks. Luke 16. Luke, I'm lost. Liz, I'm lost. Luke 16, there we go. But Jesus told them, you are always making yourselves look good, but God sees what's in your heart. The things that most people think are important are worthless as far as God is concerned. Does that minister to anybody? Switch my focus to what God thinks. Things to what, to what, oh, I just spelled it wrong. Thinks. Liz, spell it right next time. I'm kidding. I did it. I did it. She didn't do that. (laughs) There's only one person that knows you completely, unconditionally, knows exactly what you're created to do, and that's God. Live, Live for him. Follow him. God, I just want to do what you want me to do. Well, you had some people in Sunday school this morning that needs wisdom and needs direction. God, we just want to do what you want us to do. We want to get this right. And left on my own, I'll pick the wrong door. If I were to go on, let's make a deal, I'd pick the jack donkey. Yeah. I'd never get the million dollars or the car or the vacation. Y'all know there's a donkey behind one of them. Does anybody remember? Thank you. A couple of you do. You young people don't get it. Let's do one more scripture. I'm keeping you late today. I'm sorry. I will live for freedom. 
because I only pay attention to what you say, Lord. I will live for freedom. The ultimate pretending game is your social media. And we make ourselves look perfect. We put up a great sunset, somebody else will put up a better one the next day. And you gotta be, you gotta up that one the next time. You have a great setting, you have a great moment, you have all this stuff, you just show all this stuff that you got, you just look so great. Who here has taken an Instagram photo of when you just wake up? <laughs> Good morning, world. I'm, but look, look at me. That's the real you. Not the perfect makeup, hair, clothes. I can tell you, church, this is not the real me. The real me is jeans and a t-shirt and the wrong kind of shoes. My wife said, Pete, would you please help your dad with his shoes? such an encouraging thing to hear that second hand and I was in the room <laughs> so I wore the shoes Wednesday night first thing I got home Elizabeth said did Cody see your shoes <laughs> no he didn't say anything about my shoes <laughs> not these thank you though yeah my new balance that Pete picked out it's not the real me. I look cool. Everybody likes me. Thanks. God knows you. He loves you. He doesn't love the fake you. He loves you. Just like you are. God made you just like you are on purpose. You don't have to play a game, an identity game. It only leads to pain. You need to know really who you are and begin to follow the Lord in that identity in who God says that you are. I'm telling you, your world is going to change. Stop pretending. Stop people-pleasing. Stop with the perfectionism. Let God lead you. What's ahead of us is so awesome. What's ahead of us is so awesome. I'm just going to pray for you. But I want you to remember to be praying this week for our new deacons, for our church, for us to become disciple-making disciples. For us to really follow the Lord. And for your life, pray for one another that the right doors would open and we would take them. And when the wrong doors open, that we would have the discernment to miss them. It's what I pray for you, that you would know the incredible power of the Lord in your life. Father, in Jesus' name, I just pray for everyone here today. Right where you are, church, you may be someone that's new to church, new to this whole Jesus thing. The Word of God says that if you will come through Jesus' door, you will be saved. All I ask you this morning is just to consider, God, I'm going to walk through that door today. 
I'm going to just out of my own mouth say, I'm going to walk through your door and that I'm going to start to get in your word. I'm going to start to follow you. I'm going to connect to a body. I'm going to connect to people. And God, according to your word, and I'm just new to this, I'm going to start walking through that door. The word of God says that you will be saved. All that walk through that door and believe will be saved. Would you take that step? You may have stepped outside the wrong door and need to come back in. We at church call that rededication. It doesn't matter what you call it. Enter back in. Make a decision today. Father God, I just pray that you would just break this identity issue. That we would stop trying to put on a facade in everything that we're doing that we would stop trying to please people in everything that we're doing, and God, that our heart would be to pleasing you, that we would know your word, we would know your spirit, we would, we would, we would know your heart so much that we could follow it. God, we're trusting you. I just break this power of disability of human opinion. Father God, help us. Bless our church. Bless our people. Thank you for Bill and Vicki's testimony of just obedience. And God, the moment they turn to obedience, you just start to open doors. Your word says if we will just follow you and obey you, that your blessings will find us and overtake us. That's exactly what happened. Out of their faith and stepping out in obedience, your blessing came and found them and overtook them. Thank you, Lord. That's the business that you're in. That when we follow you, God, you just overtake us. Bless us, Lord. Bless our church. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. God bless you. Y'all have a great week. This Wednesday night, 6 o'clock, is Salad Bar. It's one of our most attended uh, dinners. Please come. Be a part of what we're doing. God bless you.